Do, 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 do. Here we go. My name is Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 449. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And I always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we, Kathy and I, watched this one-hour Facebook thing called We Are Man Enough. It's a Facebook show, right? It's, a, it's it's show by Wayfair Entertainment, but you the only way I can get access to it is through Facebook. I'm sure you might be able to find it by going to other websites. Like it's not on YouTube, right? Because we can't share it that way? I don't think so. Okay. But um, it's this guy named uh, Justin Baldoni. I think that's his name. I'm sorry if I'm screwing that up. Um and he invites guests. This is his fourth one. And uh, it's a bunch of guys sitting around a table talking about something authentic, which you wouldn't think would be a big deal. But in our in our age where <laughs> clear communication is not necessarily the easiest thing to do amongst men. Well, and it's a bunch of guys that we, many of us know. Yes. It's not, not you may not know everybody, but they all have some kind of presence as far as their business. Mm-hmm. So in the, join the conversation with Justin Baldoni, Matt McGrory, Jamie Heath, Lewis Howes, Scooter Braun, Tony Porter, Karen Alston, Alma Gonzalez, and Yasmin Monet Watkins. Those are some of the, um, you know, the... Uh, little clips that they play in between. Oh, Those are yes, some of the women. The women. Now, did you just say Tony Porter? Yeah, Tony okay. Porter's in there. Okay. So um, I first want to just play the one minute intro, which is kind of a, um, you know. An intro? <laughs> it's an encapsulation of some of the best parts. Yes. So highlight reel, I guess you might call it. And then we're going to get into the nitty gritty. But this fourth show is all about the Me Too movement. Now, Kathy and I have dedicated a lot of time. Go ahead. Before you go on, when you say fourth show, you're talking about the man's yes, show. Yes, it's called We Are Man Enough. And so this We is Are the Man fourth Enough. fourth installment. The fourth, oh, yeah, I care. So that word is coming back. So basically, the one we watched was the fourth one. Right. Okay. So I have to ask you a few questions sure, go before ahead. you go on. So what was the first one about? Um, Let me pull it up. And- Tony Porter was not on all of them, right? No, this is the first one Tony was on. Because uh, just you guys may know Tony Porter. We've uh, talked about him a lot on the show before. And I've, you, I, when I teach my college students, I use his TED Talk all the time mm-hmm. and the things he shares. But he was such an essential to me person yeah. on that panel. I mean, all the men were so brilliant in what they, their awarenesses. So mm-hmm. there wasn't, it's not really comparing, but it's nice to have someone who's been doing this work a really long time For sure. to help bring their awarenesses even. Well, and in this particular episode, and you may have just said this because I was looking at something, all the men are amazing. They're all amazing. But Tony is kind of like the grandpa. Well, not only that, bringing but- Bringing the wisdom- it's like having a clinician in the room. Yeah. You know, like it's not that Tony took over. No. But occasionally a guy would say something and Tony's like, well, let me give you the statistics on that. Or he would or reframe it. Reframe it. Or yeah. wait, have you looked at it this way? And that's for all these talks. I feel like that's super helpful because you need someone who's been doing the work a long time. Because a lot of times, and again, I'm saying this with love and gratitude, but a lot of times men have an awareness and they're like, can you believe I have this awareness? And it's like, yeah, dude, Mm -hmm. like we've been doing this a long time. Right. You know, sometimes when we have, when we have insight, we get so excited, we forget that people have been doing this work a long time, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, and to kind of add to it, you know, I get the daily skim. That's Uh an email I get about the most important news of the day. Okay. And just today... Les Moonves. Yes, I read that. Six women have come forward to accuse the CBS CEO of sexual misconduct in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. They claim he did things like pin women down and kiss them and that their careers took a hit after. He says he may have made women uncomfortable by making advances, but claims he's never misused his position, which I feel like is... If you've made women who work for you uncomfortable, then you have, then you have misused by your definition. power. And that's and this is what I mean about having Tony Porter. Sure. Is because guys will say, Well, I did this or that, but I didn't mean this. Right. And what he does is what I feel like you do all the time too, is recognize the impact yeah. and what that meant to them. That may not have been your intention, less you may have thought, I'm just flirting. I wanna, you know, this is my power. I wanna have a, a date with someone and I why shouldn't I ask a woman out? But if she is subordinate to you, mean in the work world is what I mean, Mm -hmm. like she is your assistant or she is someone who you could 
alter her career. Yeah. She doesn't, she's not free right. to, she feels stuck. And we're going to talk about that. I actually pulled up the University of Michigan's uh, definition of uh, consent. Because we spent a lot of time talking about what the definition is now. Yes. So we are, so. Were we close to what they had to say? Well, it's 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 written like in a very legal manner, but very precise manner. So is that what's being used in the courts? Uh, no, I just Googled it, and that's the first one okay. that came up. But uh, the second news story of the day, yeah. like literally the second news story, Cardinal Theodore McCarrick of D.C. is resigning because of sexual abuse allegations against him. The archbishop has been accused of sexually accusing boys decades ago. Now he won't be advising the pope as a cardinal. So it's just, and I know these are two different worlds. One is like workplace misconduct for women, and one the is other is... pedophilia or... Um, but it's just the vastness of this topic, mm-hmm. and... Why are we talking about this? Why are we dedicating yet maybe our sixth or seventh podcast to this topic? Because it's not going away and we need to embrace it with awareness and discussion and empathy. And, and there are and there are no final answers. You don't do one podcast on right. something like this and say, oh, we covered that. And it's not about... I, the reason I like it when you and I discuss these things is it's bigger than just... It's not just about the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. The Me Too movement was the opening, the awakening, the the words we could use to say, because even these men in this, you know, clip that you're going to share, they even said themselves, like Matt McCready, I think his name is- Matt McGrory. Matt McGorry, M-C-G-O-R-R-Y. He even says, you know, I just started realizing three years ago- how many women I know who have had these kind of challenges and they, and the guys kind of push back, like you just started realizing this three years ago. And he's like, yeah, because I did, women didn't talk about it around me. Mm -hmm. Women didn't share with me women. And and again, he's not saying poor me, but here's the thing that's happened is that women are now saying, here's what happened to me. Here's what happens with, you know, present time. So what are we going to do? Cause like Todd said, you know, we can look at this and say, oh, another guy fall mm-hmm. fell or another guy fell. But it's bigger than that. This is about how are we going to, you know, how are we going to deal with them? But how are we going to keep helping men and other women understand what people face in the workplace and why it, why we're often in toxic cultures? Yeah. It, and I mean, toxic culture in the big picture, but also small picture. Mm-hmm. Like where as women, there's so much that has been normalized that we sometimes can't even like, you know, I've pictured like being underwater where you're like, I don't even know where the top is. Like, right. how do I get above this? Right. And it, I can't do it myself. So you asked me, and one quick thing is, um, I don't speak to our audience as um, necessarily an expert, or I don't want you to think I'm preaching to you because as a man who's been on the earth for 46 years, I can find plenty of examples where I have objectified women and even harassed women. So it's important for, it's not moments I'm proud of, but I think in order for me to reach the men that I want to reach, it's important for me to kind of disclose that because I grew up in the fraternity system at college and to say it's toxic would be an understatement. And you want to align with men rather than talk down to men. And that's, that is exactly what I want to do when I'm with women is it's not about, let me give you all of my expertise. I don't know crap about your experience, but what I do know how to do is listen and empathize because I may have had similar experiences, or even if I hadn't, I have the capacity to, you know, we can, we, we all have the capacity to tap into that compassion and listen and trust. So you're aligning with other men. So you asked me what the other episodes were about. Yes, please. Uh, This is the fourth one, but the first one was called why don't men talk? And there's a few kind of guys that are there every every chat, and there's new guys that interchange. So the first one was, why don't men talk? The second one was, let's get vulnerable. The third one was, the ugliness of body image. That was and, interesting. And now this is the fourth one. Yeah, they're, they're all interesting. We and watched I, the third one, right? I watched the third one. I watched part of the first one. I haven't watched the second one yet, but the fourth one is off the hook. Yeah, it is great. awesome. So this is one, um, this is like the, the 60 second promo and I'm going to be playing clips from this full episode, but it's just a good way to encapsulate what it is that they talk about. So listen in. 
So let's get specific. Who at the table has seen something and didn't say anything? Objectification, harassment, yeah. of course. As long as we individually are not hurting anyone, you're still a good guy. You're still a well-meaning guy. And the truth of the matter is we're not. It's not on women to have that conversation and to have it in a polite way with that guy. I should have the conversation with that guy. It was never my intention to want to hurt people because I was hurt. I don't think men are trained to be able to talk about this or to hold it. You know this term where uh, men and women can't be friends? Because we're always talking about there's got to be a sexual relationship. Boys will How be boys. Sad is that? The idea that my son couldn't have friends as women, that's, that's a shit. You know, there was a time when that's all you did with your son. Play ball and had a little conversation here. A little, no, no, we need to be at a table like this here. I'm going to sit my two boys down and say, your dad has not always gotten this right but you can be better than me. All right, there we go. Mm -hmm. So it's really important. So it's going to be a clip-heavy show, so if you're okay with it, I'm just going to jump in with the first clip, and then you and I are going to have a quick chat about it. You okay. good with that? sure. All right, so um, I don't remember which one this is about, so you'll figure it out soon enough. Here we go. Talking to people about things that they're doing that are oppressive in various ways or saying. You know what's sad about that? For me, my perspective, yeah. is the fact that you just noticed it three years ago. Yeah. That's probably a lot of people. Yeah. How do you not notice something? And this is not personal to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you not notice something unless you're so acclimated to a behavior that's so wrong? You know, like, uh, you, I, I see someone dead on the street somewhere or a car accident. It's hard for me to look at, right? Because I'm not acclimated to that behavior. An ER person, an ER person, doctor is around it. It's just yeah. fine. They're comfortable with it. We as men are just comfortable with stuff. Yeah. Like we see behavior, the fact that it doesn't jar us yeah. and make us go, whoa, and the fact that you say just three years ago, yeah. that's part of the problem we gotta like investigate, right? And talk oh. about. See, women don't tell us. Women don't tell us on a day-to-day -day basis what they, they experience. Because they be all day. Well, well think about it, think day. about it. Well, they protect all us. Day. Every day. They protect us. Yeah. You know, if your wife came home every day and told you every Thing a guy did or said to angry what, what and wanting to that? kill everybody. Right. They, they, <laughs> wow. they, they actually protect us from ourselves. You know, they carry that burden. And the truth be told, they might have to tell us about some of our friends. Mm -hmm. You know, they love us. They live in community with us. They care about us. And then they have to protect themselves from us at the same time. Mm -hmm. They don't burden us with our behaviors. That makes me want to go to consent. Before we get to consent, I mean, that was a wallop. Well, and again, that was the last voice you heard was Tony Porter. And that's what I mean is the what quickly happens in conversations when we're talking about this is his first statement, because I think he knew what he was going to pull up. Women don't tell us. And of course, someone and I'm not you know ripping on this guy, but it's like, why don't they tell us? It's their fault. He's not saying this, mm -hmm. but there is a undercurrent of it's their fault mm -hmm. that they don't tell us. Mm -hmm. Because don't we hear that? I, I, we heard this with every sexual assault case that's come up in the I last Said, years. I said this to you on the podcast when Gwyneth and um, Ashley Judd yeah. came out against Harvey. Yeah. I said, these are strong women. Why didn't they come forward <laughs> earlier? And your answer was because they'd be coming forward all the time with all of their experiences. And they, and they did. Like, it, you, but it's like people feel like they're, when we're talking about this, they're like, there's a direct line to this police officer who's, who's going to go arrest him immediately. Like, and Gwyneth told her boyfriend at the time, Brad Pitt, mm -hmm. and Brad Pitt approached uh, Harvey and yeah. said, don't go near her again. Right. Don't do that again. Right. And then you might say, well, then she should have never worked for him mm -hmm. again. Okay. So she's got a contract with yeah. Miramax Films, and she's going to say, "I'm 22 years old, but I'm not going to take the lead in a in this movie because of him." Right. So you may say, "Well, yes, she should have stood on principle." Well, we that is how do we say this? That is our norm. Is how do we get around this situation? How do I get through this? How do I keep my job? Because he probably wasn't the only person who had been no. wrong. You know that had been uh, that way to her. Yeah. So that be, that's what he was talking about. They were talking about this is part of our daily experience. So it's not that we don't have principle. It's about who. 
I'd be standing out here on a log by myself. Like there, there is, there was nothing in place to support me. Well, and she's an actress. Think about the waitress or the manager, human resources manager, or whatever position it is. Right. When you are in a, um, when you're a subordinate, you know, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was subordinate sure, to the owner of this Miramax, movie yeah. company, mm-hmm. and that happens all the time. They need to put bread on their table right. and for them to risk their career right. when we know that victim blaming happens almost all the time. All the time. Like, well, what put you what put you in the position? How many drinks did you have? Why what didn't were you, you come forward that night? What were you wearing yeah. that day? Yeah. All these yeah. things. And um, our, the females should not have to ever answer those questions. And yet that's so ingrained in us. That's so normalized. This is still, I mean, just think about, and again, I know that Bill Cosby has since been, you know, he's, he's since gone to court and Mm -hmm. has, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? He was guilty. There's been a judgment against him. Yeah. Okay. But you, you understand that like 50 some women came forward. And I remember reading a statistic that there was like almost more than half of men thought they were lying Mm -hmm. because they wanted fame. Okay. (laughs) Which always likes, this is what's happened with our president too. Oh, these women are coming forward because they want fame. I'm just going to speak to you guys about like what that, when you're saying what fame is, what that means for that person is they are putting themselves out there in the most vulnerable way, telling a story that traumatizes them, being taken to task by the media, possibly ruining their marriages Mm -hmm. often fall apart possibly having to take their whole family through the ringer, being on the front page of the paper. And when I say that, I don't mean that for doing something good. Right. You are being shamed mm-hmm. and blamed for what you are speaking up about. And the man, historically, this is shifting, is there were worried, as Hannah Gadsby would say in her Nanette um, uh Hannah Gadsby did that comedy special. She talked about, we're more worried about the man's reputation than what he's doing. Yeah. And that after 50 something women have come forward and said, he did the exact same thing to me. This is how this, the, over the course of the years and people are still saying, ah, uh, I think they're lying. Yeah. That's systemic. Well, and this is, we could talk about movie stars in my own industry that, that I'm a part of. Um, I've been selling these connections to construction companies for 25 years. And in my industry, it's a male dominated industry. And I've now just started asking these, um, you know, not easy questions of the women in our industry to answer. Like, have you ever been sexually harassed? And I'm waiting to find the woman who says no, because they are all saying yes, because I built up rapport with these women. So they trust me and they know that I'm going to not say anything that they don't want me to say to anybody else without their permission. Um, But it happens all the time. It happens in the boardroom. It happens in the locker room. We, as I, I shared this in our team Zen thing last week, our Zen talk, um, one of my friends who's a female, we were in a group interview process where we were interviewing a candidate. And um, about 45 minutes into the interview, the my friend who was sitting next to me stood up. And afterwards, I, she's like, you know, I stood up, don't you? I'm like, no. She's like, because the candidate and another person in the interview refused to make eye contact with me mm-hmm. for 45 minutes. And people are like, well, why is that a big deal? Like, the, You might as well not be there. Might as well not be there. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think that the candidate consciously said, I'm going to decide not to look at the only female in this room. Mm-hmm. It's an unconscious bias. And what I told Todd is I said, when you and I go sit in front of a, a bank person, like mm-hmm. a loan officer, or when, when it's you and I in a meeting around something regarding business, people very rarely look me in the eye. Yep. And they'll look at Todd and say, what do you think about this? And what do you, Or they'll hand him the papers mm-hmm. or they'll... And Todd is a few times, especially like when you know, working around things with Zen Parenting, he'll say, well, Kathy's actually the CEO, mm-hmm. um, which I appreciate not because I need him to take care of me, but there is a moment with the other person who's like, oh, wait, she's the decision maker. Right. And he's been, and Todd is, of course, part of the decision making, but in the big, like what they're looking for is who right. is going, or the fact that there are still, you guys are going to be, I'm like, hold your seat. There are still people that knock on our door for like lawn care and that kind of thing. And they'll say, is your husband, husband home. home. And again, I, you know, part of me, it gives me a reason to say no, goodbye. Yeah, so it's yeah, easier to say goodbye. But... but at the same time, what makes you think that when it comes to the house that I have no say on this situation? Yeah. So 
And again, people will say, oh, it's no big deal. It's microaggression. It's, exactly. It adds up. It's it's death by a thousand paper cuts, as mm. we say. Some people have the big trauma, you know, like that we've talked about where they have been set, raped assaulted, or assaulted right. and, and or several times. Yeah. But some people, many, most of us, deal with these daily things that have become so normalized that men will say, but that's not a big deal. So the minute that a woman is strong enough to bring some awareness of something that happened, then they get called a nag. Or whatever. Yes. Or a problem. Yes. They get called a nag or they or they get fired. Yep. Or they find a way to not be promoted or they get uh, they so, get taken off. So of their... like the path of least resistance in most of these cases for these women is just to deal with it because nothing happens. Like that um sick uh Olympic guy, uh Larry Nasser. Oh yeah. And you know He there's... was the one who um was with the gymnasts. Yes. Yes. And um in that in the ESPYs, they had this long thing at the end of it, and um, the one gymnast said, "1999, 2003, 2004." Like the amount of times that she came forward, Ellie Raisman, yeah, and she just needed one adult to believe her, mm-hmm. and none of them did. So when the guy's like, "Why don't they just talk about?" It? They are, they are, and we're not listening. There isn't a system set up for us. That's what I mean about going back to what we said about it's a, it's a as if people believe there's this pipeline to this police officer who's going to do all these things. Mm-hmm. And I, I, what I will say to you guys is even in those situations, and I'll give you an example from the hunting ground, there was a student at Florida State mm-hmm. who was raped by Jameis Winston, mm-hmm. okay? And if any of you guys are know the NFL, he's mm-hmm. still in the NFL. Oh, yeah. She was raped by Jameis Winston. She was in the hospital because she was it was brutal mm-hmm. and she was there. And her parents came and showed up. She told them what happened. The doctors knew what happened. A police officer showed up. She told him what happened. Mm-hmm. And he questioned her. Mm-hmm. The what were you drinking? Where were you? Now, she her story was that he actually put something in her drink because mm-hmm. she doesn't really drink that much. So she was even drugged yeah. in the situation. And so even in that situation where you've got a girl in the hospital, it's obvious something happened to her. There's a rape kit. There's she a did cop. everything you're supposed everything to do. Everything you're supposed to do. She was in, the, I couldn't go through the whole story with you because it's so long, but she ended up having to leave the school yeah. because everybody would, you know, rallied against her. Yep. So that's just one story from the movie, The Hunting Ground. There's so many more and that's just a movie. That's right. not even everybody's story. That's that's, and so when we're like, why didn't they just tell someone, even when you have everything at your disposal and it's the night before and you've got the people, she still wasn't believed. Mm-hmm. So when people say stand on principle, where? And Jameis Winston won the Heisman and went into and is playing in the NFL. Yes. That He's w- in trouble right now, though. For yeah, he something. got in more trouble. Yeah. Shocking. So it's, <laughs> you know, and, you know, so... Anyways, so let's move on to the next clip because we can keep on going on and on about this right. one. Um, and wait, can I talk sure. about something Go else? Ahead. Like, because I talked about Jameis Winston like, or the Stanford swimmer. Remember yep. him? Yep. And right now I just read a, a quick clip. I can't tell you. And the Stanford swimmer was a kid who was raping a girl while she was drunk and two male mm-hmm. bikers found him and, yep. and got... So I'm, we the reason that story was it kind of gave you both sides. You have two men who who help this girl yeah. and who question. It's not a man bashing thing. It's right. like, let's look at the behavior. The behavior. and But this kid ended up going to court and the you know judge, the judge. ended up taking mercy on him because he had also, he, he just identified He had money, kid. he's privileged. But then the kid is trying to go back to court to say that he wasn't really trying. I mean, the fact that there's even an option for him to go back to court and mm-hmm. talk about this thing again, because he wants to be found not guilty, I think. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just just those two stories that are just in the news, and they happen to be in the news. And these are the reported ones. Right. That's what I mean. Like These are like just, we talk about Most them. Most are not ever reported. Well, and they talk about that in this show yeah. about, are you going to that, the um, reports? This is about consent. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Because we're obviously having an issue with consent. Like, what is consent? Consent is someone saying, yes, I want this. Yeah, that's a fine line, too. But I'm hearing over and over again that young guys in college have no idea what consent means. Well, I'll, I'll, was, I'll, let me just answer that piece and then please. we throw it back out. We did a survey of about 300 boys, right? And somewhere around 80% of them did not know what consent was. High school, middle school age boys, right? Is it because they don't know what consent meant or they don't care? Well, all of that gets blended in there because caring to know means you care, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of time not knowing, you know, ignorance breeds that. So all of that's mixed in there. And media. I I would say, like, I was watching a show the other day. 
So he goes on and tells a story about a TV show, about how our culture just accepts it. He tells a story about how the guy pursued, she said no like 15 times, and then eventually, whatever, succumbed to whatever it was. It doesn't matter. So the reason um, that this is so good is like I would kind of fumble my way through the definition of consent. Like when you and I were watching this together, I'm like, I kind of know it. And I've like done podcasts on it. I talked to men about Do you it. Remember the conversation we had? And I still don't know it. Yeah. Um, I remember, but I don't remember I don't know the specific you, part you're talking about. If we want to share that story or not. Well, because of what you, well, the, what we came up with, which is, you know, it, it's not all inclusive here, but basically is it's not because consent used to be no means no. Yeah, you got to wait for the no. But if it if there's if there's no no, then you have permission to move forward. Or so people believed. Right now, what is being reformulated, or we're trying to put full circle here, is no means no, and you and there also needs to be a yes. Yes. <coughs> you ready for the University of Michigan's uh, definition? Yes, let's hear it. Kind of long, but it's good. Consent is a clear and unambiguous agreement expressed outwardly through mutually understandable words or actions to engage in a particular activity. Consent can be withdrawn by either party at any point. Consent must be voluntarily given and may not be valid if a person is being subjected to actions or behaviors that elicit emotional, psychological, physical, reputational, financial pressure, threat, intimidation, or fear, which is coercion or force. Almost done. Consent to engage in one sexual activity or past agreement to engage in a particular sexual activity cannot be presumed to constitute consent to engage in a different sexual activity or to engage again in a... So that basically means just because you've had sex with your girlfriend once means that then you have the right to have sex whenever you want with her at any time. Correct. And the last sentence, which I think is the most important, consent cannot be validly given by a person who is incapacitated. So, yeah. So when people will say, well, what if the girl is like super drunk? Consent cannot be validly <laughs> given by a person who is compa- who is incapacitated. Exactly. So there's your answer. And so... A lot of people may say, well, that's ridiculous because this is, you know, college and, mm. but, but that's what we're trying to we're reach. We're trying to shift change. that culture. And the thing is, is, is I, I, you know, I heard, I've heard people say, men and women say, well, you know, when we're asking for consent, you know, like with Mike, what Mike Domish teaches, who has the, you know, date safe program, he teaches like, ask for consent, say, can I kiss you? And people will say, oh, that's just so not romantic. So we're more concerned about, mm-hmm. I want to make this feel romantic, even though I might be crossing a line that's inappropriate. And even though I might be harming someone without intending to, mm-hmm. um, and so my answer is, I feel like it becomes so simple. Yeah. I feel like we want to fight against something that needs to to change, but we want to say, I don't want it to change because it it's more it's easier for me if I don't have to think about this. Yep. And I understand, like it, you know, it's something that raising children, you, Todd and I talk about all the time. We talk about it between us. Like Todd was even able to say, and I hope this is okay that I share sure, this because I think you've said this on the show. But that he would, you know, when we would go out, he would like it when I had drinks. Yeah. Because he would be like, that's just easier for me. Yeah. And and we're married adults. Yeah. And that's not appropriate. No. That Todd is like, I want you to be a little bit incapacitated. Yeah. So I can do what I want There's to do. There's a big difference between two gra- glasses of wine and three glasses of wine. There is. And and I, that's, and, and he said it with like um, remorse. Yes. Kind of like, just so it's you know. Up. that's and, and that is... Because I, be, I'm not excusing behavior, but I have to own my own behavior. But I grew up in a culture that was most toxic in college, mm-hmm. and it was the more drunk you get the girls, the more likely it is you are you're going to get some action. Right. And it's first of all, that's true. Second of all, that's messed up. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me a long time to realize how messed up that is. It's yeah. not the way. Um, intimacy or sex is supposed to work. Because let's like break that apart because we may all have that experience from college or we may have grown up with that. So that's normalized to us, but let's really break that apart and say that we are trying to get out of our normal state and go into an altered state so we can do something that's so intimate and that we wouldn't be able to do it if we were sober. Mm -hmm. So does that mean maybe we shouldn't be doing it in the altered state or that we should 
And here's the thing, adults who are listening to this, who are in a relationship, who is with a trusting partner, doesn't mean you can't go out and have a few drinks with your partner. I was just saying to someone, we were just talking about how, you know, a girlfriend of mine the other day that sometimes when she wants to switch gears, she'll like do a shot of vodka right before bed. That's her choice. Do you see what I mean? And it's not like she's going into a... You know, she's getting out of mom mode. She's getting out of mom mode. And that's she's choosing that for herself because she so it's not about try not to get too focused on. Well, does that mean I can't drink or I can't go out or I can't if you 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 choose, you get to choose. Correct. The culture that we grow up in is get her man makes the choice. Yes. Um, So anyways, and quick resources. So we've done two amazing podcasts with Mike Domish. Um, He spoke at our conference last year. Um, the two podcasts we did is um, it's podcast number three forty seven and four hundred and eleven, and they're two of my favorites. And then his website, Mike's, is called thedatesafeproject.org, uh, building a culture of dignity and respect. He's one of our favorites, which is why he asked us to. You know what? I want to comment on something that keeps coming into my head, and I haven't wanted to say this because I because of who it came from. But a couple of years ago, Todd and I were talking about Louis C.K. and he used to. Um, when he was in the public eye before he got in trouble for some of the choices he made, um, uh, you know, being, what would you say? He, he sexually he used his power, he used his power against women, um, in a sexual manner. Yep. Um, but he, he said something on a podcast one time that I thought was so well said he's raising daughters. And he said to one of the girls when she was getting older, you know, he wanted to talk to her about sex and he said, I want you to really understand what it is. It's two people, you know, who are naked, mm-hmm. who have chosen to be together. And that's like the most intimate, embarrassing, challenging, vulnerable place you can be in. Yeah. So if you're going to choose to be in that place, choose wisely with who you're with. And, and you know, it's and why I've been debating on even sharing this is because this is Louis, from Louis, C.K. Louis C.K. But at the same time, I, I, I think that is a very direct and honest way to talk to our kids about this isn't go along for the ride with everybody else and everyone's getting drunk and everyone, it really is break it down and be like, understand what you're doing. Yeah. Because this is how we got to a place where things like oral sex people, you know, kids, some who I talk to and work with who are like, that's no big deal. Right. How did we, you know, and I want to be like, what do you mean that's no big deal? Right. Um, and it's because we've separated ourselves from the sexual act. Mm-hmm. We've se- separated our spirituality and our emotional states from the physical body. Yeah. And we've said, this is just something we do. And we have to put, we got to come back whole and say, no, when you, when you are engaged in sexuality, your emotions and your spirit are involved too. Yeah. And a lot of kids don't understand that. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, that's why sometimes kids do something and then feel horrible about it a week later because the emotion and the spirit catches up and they're like, wow, what just happened? And I mean boys and girls, yeah. not just girls. I, I know boys who have chosen things. Even you've said things in oh, your yeah. past where you're like, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Well, and there's been times, uh, I don't want to get into specifics, where I the, the roles were reversed. Yes, you were taken advantage I of was. too. Todd. Right. The Me Too movement has opened a door for men yeah. to well, share Well, Terry about, Crews yeah. is this, uh, you know, you get, I love Terry Crews. He is this uh, former NFL football player, and he just came out in the last few years about he was sexually harassed or assaulted by, I think it was an agent that he knew. Another man. Another man. Terry Crews is this bad dude. Like, he's huge. Mm-hmm. He looks tough. He looks tough. And he had the strength and the vulnerability to come because, you know, men, men culture is like, no, dude, you take care of yourself. You punch that guy in the face and that's how you deal with it. And instead, he probably got scared and didn't know what to do, mm-hmm. even though he was physically superior to this other man. Mm-hmm. So it and, and believe me, this is not I'm trying not to like I, I always fear talking about this stuff because really. For me, the women are the focus because the women are the one people. One in four and- women, one in six boy yeah. men. So yeah. it really it is it worth the time yeah. because You're the right. thing is is that part of the reason men have a hard time empathizing with women is because they haven't acknowledged their own pain yep. when they have been sexually harassed or assaulted. Mm-hmm. Like you know, one in six. And, and here's the thing about these statistics: one in four and one in six. That's reported. Yeah. And we know that the vast majority of boys and the vast majority of girls or women do not report because right. of the system. So it's really much greater than one in four, one in six. I know. 
Um, so, all right, here's, uh, before I get the next few clips, um, I do, we, we have one partner this week, uh, Jeremy Kraft. He uh, runs a company called Avid Company. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. So if you live in the Chicagoland area and you have any kind of home improvement needs, Jeremy is your guy. He's a bald head of beauty. He's a good friend of mine. And you can reach him by calling 630-956-1800 or go to his website, which is avidco.net, A-V-I-D-C-O.net. So there we go. So now here we are with another clip. I forgot what it's about, but it's a good one. How do we speak to that man who needs help changing? It's how we be with men, you know. We can love on each other and hold each other accountable at the same time. Far too often people, in my experience, has been that if I'm going to love all over you, I'm going to enable everything. Mm. If I'm going to hold you accountable, I just need to be beating you up, right? But we can love each other and be accountable at the same time. And so if we can create that kind of environment for that man, there's a good chance he may come back and bring a friend. So I think also you had talked about something uh, that was different, right? And as a person of color, I, as a white person, should never tell you what your job is to talk to someone who devalues you as a person of color, right? That's not my job. My job as a white person seeking to dismantle white supremacy and be an allyship is that I, I should have the conversation with that guy, right? In the same way as men, it's not on women to have that conversation and to have it in a polite way with that guy. But that is my job because I need to unburden some of those folks. So I think it's important to delineate what our roles are as men who are acting in an ally capacity versus not. So what... So he can't, so there's two important parts on that. Um, one is the idea, and this is a tricky, because guy culture is don't, you know, bros before hoes, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And just talking about toxic. Well, and just that sentence. Oh, it's, it's, it's horrible. It's, so you're calling women whores right, right off the bat. Yeah, any woman, any female is known as, in that, in that, at least in that quote. Right. And we've all heard it. It's in. It was uh, in the Thirty Rock I watched last night. Forty, a forty-year-old virgin. There's right. uh, Seth Rogen, plays a part where he's Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Um, and those are just. It's everywhere. Like it's everywhere. People, people say it all the time. Um, I love the part where Tony Porter because first of all, if I am taking ownership over some of my own inappropriate behaviors, um, it's like that's step one. But the idea that we can you know, help each other. I'm talking about men, how we as men can love on each other and at the same time hold each other accountable. And it's a tricky thing because it's it's scary to challenge a man with an inappropriate comment that he says at work or challenge a man for some behavior that he's doing. Because if I if I see something in a workplace and all of a sudden I jump all I, we this happened to me in Arizona with my buddy and he made a he made a comment that what I thought was degrading towards women and I jumped all over him right and it didn't get me anywhere instead you know and this is more my advice to my fellow men out there who believe in some of the things that I believe in when you do see something. You can say, you know what, brother, I love you. You've been a good friend of mine, but what you're, the comments you're making to me are really uncomfortable. I didn't say that. I said to him, you're, you're awful. I'm completely offended right. by, I can't believe you'd say that. And they have no place but to retreat in a defensive position. So that's a tool for me. And I'm still learning how to do that. Well, you went from, you went from non-awareness to awareness. And then your pendulum went way too far mm-hmm. where you're like, I'm going to beat up on anyone who doesn't have this awareness. And what you said at the beginning of this show, which I think is most important is to align yourself. Because the thing is, is your friend, cause I know the situation you're talking about could say to you, dude, you've yeah. done this and said this too. Do I have too. to name this, 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 and this? Correct. So you can say you're hundred percent right. Yeah. And what I want to, the, what I want to support you in is what I want you to support me in, yeah. which is let's not be that guy. Because what Tony Porter says at the, the first clip that you played is about men can often, often walk around being like, I'm a good guy simply because I'm not overtly doing anything. That doesn't make you a good guy. But what makes you, and again, this is for women too, what makes us good is, and this is kind of what, you know, every, the message we're always trying to have on the show is it's not your knowledge, it's your practice. Behavior. When you, if you go out in the world and you just tell people how great you are all the time, but you're not doing anything, I have such a bullshit meter for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times I talked to Todd about that, where someone's telling me how great they are. I'm like, but what, what, you don't need to tell me 
anything if you're just practicing it. If you're practicing something, you don't need to say a thing. First of all, because you feel good about what you're doing and you don't need external validation. Second of all, if you're doing it, other people are noticing it and seeing it. So you don't need to tell everybody how great you are all the time. So the thing that, you know, going back to that idea that I'm a good guy, I'm not doing it, I'm not assaulting, but you're in the midst of it, you're watching it, you're allowing it. Mm -hmm. And how can you, in an aligned and empathetic way... It's not about standing up to. We've got all these like, all this language that in itself can be like violent or really, uh, like you said, puts people in a, you know, that you're either a winner or loser. There is like, for example, even with my own girlfriends, like a a year or two ago, I had, you know, a challenge with a girlfriend where something was going on that I was struggling with personally that she was choosing. And I never went, came to her and said, you're a horrible person or I went to her and said, I am struggling with this. Help me understand this. Um, It doesn't fit what I would think you would do, but talk to me about it. Help me understand. And so I at least got to share what I believe in and call her out a little bit. Like I am seeing this. And at the same time, not put us in a position where I was like, I can't be friends with you anymore. Because that's baloney. Like I, I don't, I'm... I've, the minute there's sides, a good side and a bad side, we're not getting it. And I'm flawed too. Yeah, of course. So I have no desire to put people in good and bad categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and again, we were just saying, we were just talking about being a good man and I'm saying I don't want to put people in categories. The, we're all light and dark. We're all flawed. What it is is what do we practice every day? What are we doing our best to do? What is our intention? So that's the thing is we got to take it up a notch rather than just I'm an island not doing anything, I got to participate in my world. So, and and the next clip might, you know, deepen the understanding of this idea. But the when I talk to men, one of the takeaways that I always strive for is for these men to ask their partners, what is your experience with the Me Too movement? What is your experience with Time's Up? What is, have you been sexually harassed, objectified? Now, the women may not feel comfortable sharing and you don't push as guys we don't push say no no you got to tell me because i heard on this podcast this is what but you at least need to deliberately make the offer and then there's that one part where tony porter's like if we really ask that questions be ready be ready for the answers because it might be something that you did that you didn't know you did right or it might be something that your buddy did yes that your uh wife has been protecting you yeah and hiding about, I think that's the next clip. So, well, and that just to, before you play it, that's something that, because Todd and I've been able to talk about this over the course of a couple of years, I've shared with them the most obvious things that have happened to me. Then I've shared some things about his friends or about an experience I had that maybe at the time I and was And you like, probably withheld some things to course. this, to this point. Of course. Right. And that, and I've also shared with Todd a few things that in the past he's said or done yep. that I've been like, that was horrible, but you had no idea it was horrible. So I couldn't even bring it up to you that it was horrible. Right. But him just coming to me and saying, tell me some things, open the door mm-hmm. where he could hear it. And I didn't, I wasn't trying to, what's the word? Like, um, I just wanted him to understand. Yeah. And so now our conversation is so open because all, not all of it, but majority of it, there. we're getting there. Right. Um, and so anyway, go ahead and play the clip. All right. So now uh, the good thing about this, these man enough episodes is he cuts into other interviews he does outside of this table of men talking. Is this my favorite woman? I, this is the favorite woman. I think this is the clip. So I, I hope so. Uh, here we go. What are some steps that men can take to support women? in general how can how can men become better allies especially after an assault as tiny in the in certain men's view as you know an extra long massage or some derogatory statement or as large as a rape how can how can we as men hold space for women if somebody comes and tells you this this story just listen and just be with the person, support the person, respect her need for control over her environment and her safety. Let her decide if she wants to report or not to report. And then afterwards, for men to be able to think themselves about what they find scary, what makes them feel vulnerable, what makes them feel out of control. I want men to lead from strength. To listen. To not use assumptions. And to no longer be silent. From the boardroom to the locker room, you have a chance to like interject. To say what needs to be said when it's uncomfortable. It's exhausting, but it's worth it. 
be okay with being uncomfortable. So I think that's where, where real change can really start. Be okay with being uncomfortable. And you know what? I have to add to that clip because it didn't get to the part that I love. Okay. Do you have the part that I love? Because I, I don't think so. So when he's talking to that woman and he says to her, and she's wonderful. She's a professor at a few, she said Princeton and somewhere else. And she teaches either women's studies or she teaches something in the field of women. Mm -hmm. And she shares her own experience with she was raped. Um, and then he says to her afterwards, how can we, when we hear these stories, how can we support as you heard? And then she goes on to say, he says, you know, he says, how can men support? But then he later says, you know, another part of men is that we want to protect yeah. and we're innately protectors. And what she says that is just so, again, this is like, you know, phenomenal. She's like, we don't want to be protected by you because you you are protecting us from other men. Mm -hmm. So like you're thinking I'm the protector, so I get to make you feel good, but you're protecting us from a man that maybe you could talk to yeah. to not hurt us. Yeah. Do we so, have to wait for, for you to be in a position where you need to be protected? Instead, can we stay ahead of the curve? Correct. And create a culture of dignity and respect for all. Yes, because for as much as I appreciate the guard in the parking garage who is willing to walk me to my car, mm -hmm. I'm, I don't feel when I'm walking to the garage, I'm in a good mood. It's usually after I've done something work-related or I'm feeling really strong. And then I have to remember that I'm in Chicago, that it's dark, that a parking garage is dark, that I'm alone, and I have to ask someone, and that parking garage, that guy, I'm so appreciative to him, it's not as if I'm mad at him that I have to ask him for help, but I wish I didn't have to ask him for help because I am a strong, thoughtful woman yeah. who can handle her own life unless someone takes advantage of me. Yeah. And, that, and it feels really, so for as much as what I'm trying to, parts together here is I'm appreciative of that man who's helping me and protecting me in that moment, but I wish I didn't need the protection. Right. Do you see what I mean? I do. So it makes them feel good. Like I'm your protector. So this is what Todd and I always talk about with parenting with dads is when dads are like my goal or my role in my daughter's life is to be their protector. Mm -hmm. That's not really great. Well, and you know, like the dad who says, you know, all there's only, <laughs> there's only one thing that, that, that men want. Then they're saying there's only thing there's only one thing I want. I want so so unless the dad qualifies it and says there's there's only one thing that all men want except for me, which Correct. is not true. Like it's just such a screwed up message. And the thing is, is when you you know when you you know for us having daughters and who are in their teenage years now, who now have friends who are boys or had experiences with you know liking a boy, I trust my girls. Like when they're introducing us to somebody or they're like, I might like this boy, my assumption is, because I know my girls really well, that this is a great person. Yeah. Now, could I be wrong down the road? Of course. Yeah. It's, I'm not saying my girls are perfect because I'm surely not. What I'm saying is I don't look at them and say, now, hold on, be careful. I'm like, okay, use your instincts. If this is what you believe, you know, they also understand that they have to be self-protective in every place in yeah. their life. But if they're saying, I like this person, then I trust them, mm -hmm. you know, because then when the person maybe isn't trustworthy, they, they then go inside and say, wait a second, maybe yeah. I was wrong about this person. Instead of allowing our kids to go into the world, or especially our girls and saying, you can't do this alone. Yeah. You, it, this world requires me protecting you. And for me, the, the biggest takeaway of that last clip we just played is that one woman says at the end, be okay with being uncomfortable. Mm. And that's the thing I've, you know, I've shared this so many times, I'm sure people are sick of it, but our fragile, my fragile male ego gets shattered because I have to think twice about whether or not I can close a door in an office to have a meeting with a woman, or I have to think twice about whether or not I can say this thing in, in front of somebody, or I have to think twice of whether or not I become intimate with my wife because she's had a few glasses of wine. Do you, do you have to think about that? Yeah, guys, it's time we have to start thinking about it, being uncomfortable, because our female counterparts live in the discomfort. Mm -hmm. Or and, people of color. Or people of color. Mm -hmm. And we are just now having to get a little teeny tiny glimpse of having to think a little bit or being a little uncomfortable or... Or, or reconsidering. Or reconsidering or, or or challenging a man who makes completely inappropriate comments in front of you. Mm -hmm. Is that uncomfortable? Yes. But that's 
where we are right now. And the thing is, is what Todd said is the key is like um, minorities, you know, people of color, women have been living in this world that way their whole lives. Like, how do I walk to a parking garage? How do I walk into this business meeting? How do I be? And, and again, men may say, well, me too, because I have my own issue. It, it's not it's not about winners and losers here. What it's about is when the feedback we get from people is I don't want to think about that. Or I, it's more, I shouldn't have to think about that. And what I always want to come back with is, but everybody else does. So what makes you so different? Mm -hmm. You know, why do you think you get to walk through the world, not considering people, but everybody else does have to consider you. And this is what, what's a better word? You know, how can we encapsulate this empathy? Just have an understanding of other people around you. Too many people, either were brought up or because of their trauma, walk through the world thinking it's just about me. And it's not. By the definition of living in the world, that means you are a part of it, not it's yours. And so this is the these are the subtle shifts for people because obviously Todd and I, not necessarily always negative, but we get pushback a lot about, but I shouldn't have to think about that. Or why do you guys always talk about that? Or what and it's like just the fact that you're asking me tells me you don't want to think about it. Because if you really, you know, our good friends that we work with who are also tackling these subjects, you know, John Duffy and, you know, other people who are talking about these things, they they want to chat about it. Like, yeah. how can I see this differently? Because the awareness is our, it's already open. If we're like, I don't want to look at it, it means we don't want to look at that part of ourselves. Yep. You yep. know? I do. Um, so that's the clips that I want to play, but I, I just want to give one more shout out to it's, it's, I'm thinking about maybe doing this in my, a future tribe men's group. I, I run a a men's group with a friend of mine and I think we, this is so valuable. We might dedicate a night to watching this and then having a discussion afterwards. So, and I'll include the links in the show notes, but, um, it is something that I think men and women should watch. And depending on the age of your kids, that wouldn't be such a bad idea yeah, either. Yeah. Mike Domish has a book called Can I Kiss You? Um, that's Todd, Todd buys it for all the teenagers in our life. I don't know how many of them read it, but it's nice. Just that it's, the fact that they have it. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, I got my tribe men's group. I had, and these. it's so funny that this Man Enough episode, I don't know how many views it's gotten, but it's it's gotten quite a few. It's just weird that this is, I think, kind of a big hit because all it is is a bunch of guys talking and sharing vulnerabilities and this is this is different who would have thunk it right right and that's what's so beautiful is they're they're it's a bunch of men sitting around talking but instead of talking about sports like one of the things that always makes me laugh and forgive me but i oh i just apologized for Mm. what i was about to say Mm. i'm catching myself yeah i'm forget that last line i do not Please don't forgive me. Please don't forgive me for this because this is really something I say to Todd a lot. When I watch football or it's usually football, which I at times enjoy watching um, at times, the commentators, the men, they're now not only are they commentating, but they've made them a little field. Oh, yeah. And they carry a football around and they throw it to each other. And they're like pretending to play now mm-hmm. during, while they're commentating. You're talking about the pregame ESPN yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, they're, and they, you know what I mean? How they've made a little field. Yeah, yeah, you get a little field there. And again, I don't know if there's anything inherently wrong with that. I think play is fun and everything. But it's so interesting to me how like they can have all these conversations and get so in-depth about when they're holding that football. Yeah. But, but we don't, like you said, this kind of conversation of um, sitting down and really being like, this is how I feel. Or, or there's a big thing in here that Lewis Howes talks about yes. um, that happened to him yep. and to sit around and have other men listen and look you in the eye and understand. Um, Part of the healing process. In this group of men, two of the men were abused sexually. Mm, I think that's right. I think which that's... is correct with the statistic, Yeah. right? Right. Um, or pretty close. So I, I find this really lovely yeah. because they also are very, you know, for those of you who are like, oh, you know, they're also very stereotypically masculine men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're very, you know, strong in what they're doing. And so they have both sides. It's that wholeness factor. Well, and we need to have these role models um, 
because if all we're getting is the images and the video from what is popular on TV, we're not getting this. We're, it's just all more so of the same. So we need to expose our children and our, forget about our children, ourselves to this type of conversation. The Mask You Live In, it's a documentary that's unbelievable, talks all about this. I have a men's group in Elmhurst. So if you live in Chicago and you want to have authentic conversations, look me up at the tribemensgroup.com. There's a men's group called Mankind Project that I belong to. It's an international organization. There's all these tools and resources to teach healthy masculinity out there. Mm-hmm. Um, start it on your own. Start your own. Let me know. I'll help you. I'll help you start one. And what does that mean, start it on your own? Like a lot of people email me, text me about doing a women's circle. It, it, you don't have to do anything. Call two friends and say, let's go to our favorite restaurant. Let's just talk about our lives Mm. instead of pretend to not have things going on and talk about how perfect it is. Let's go deep. Let's use a book. Let's talk about a magazine article. You don't have to have like a license or like this is just let's have real conversation. But sometimes people don't know how to start. And I will say to the guys, if there's anybody out there, I don't know how to start, but this sounds interesting, but I live in, you know, Arkansas email me. I'll help you. I'll send you a PDF of how to get it started, what to talk about. Like I will give you the ABCs, one, two, threes. I'm not going to charge you anything. It's part of my mission to heal the mature masculine. So I just want to make sure that that's a resource out there for you. Um, so as we close, I do, we haven't done a shout out for Team Zen. Mm-hmm. So Team Zen is something that we do. It's a way to support our podcast. And if you do support our podcast, you get two live Zen talks a month. It's kind of a group coaching session with that Kathy and I lead. Um, we have all the archive Zen talks. We have a Zen uh, Team Zen Facebook page and you get discounts of everything in our store. And I, as I just realized, we have a Team Zen page on our website where if you are a member of Team Zen, you can go to this website yeah. and that's where all the podcasts are. But that's where you get your special discounts. Mm. And I'm just realizing our website's so well done right now. Yes. Brad has done a very nice job. Yes, he has. Um, so yeah, Team Zen, it's uh, it's supporting us. You get bonus content behind the scenes. I sometimes play videos of my sweetheart um, in the kitchen singing songs. You did? No, oh, I don't know. And I just posted, you know, we have the quote board in our kitchen now. Yes. Um, I just wrote a new quote today and I shared it on our Team Zen page. It a so like. uh, it's 25 bucks a month. We'd love for you to check it out. Go to our website, zenparentingradio.com, and click on uh, Team Zen. I, you know what I actually shared on the Team Zen Facebook page was uh, some videos from our Backstreet Boys um, round two. That's right. We went to, so my birthday was yesterday. Happy um, birthday, sweetie. Thank you. And thanks to everybody who emailed or texted me. I appreciate it. I had a lovely birthday. Um, first of all, there was, I was with my girlfriends a week ago, so I had that. And then Todd and I went away for the weekend, as we do. Uh, we went to Vegas and, you know, we saw Backstreet Boys again. Um, and it, they had been gone for a while. I didn't realize that, but they had been gone. They had only come back for this week. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we um, saw the show, and it wasn't different, but it was just as great. Um, Todd's a trooper because it's totally not his thing, but he loves me, and he knows that it makes me really happy. Um, And I would... Oh, look at that spider, Toddy. Hey, buddy. There's a spider crawling right down the middle of our table. Um, But I... It's just, it's a lovely, it makes me happy. makes me super happy to be there with that music and with them. And they're so good. They're fun entertainers. Um, So anyway, I posted a lot of videos on Team Zen of the... um, I'm actually posting the spider crawling right down. (laughs) And I'm going to post this on our Team Zen Facebook page. Okay. He's really cute. I think spiders are incredible. He's a daddy long leg. Well, think about what he just had to do to get down. Like he has to keep continually like letting go of the thread. What? Not the thread. The web. The web. To keep, oh, now he's on your computer. Yeah. And I heard daddy long legs. Um, they're the most poisonous. Right. But they're too small to deliver poison. So thank goodness. Thank goodness. Because he is a little cutie. He's lost. He's like, where's my family? He's not lost. He's he's doing his thing. He d- he is lost because he's here on our podcast table and this is not home. He's crawling over by you, sweetie. Hi. Hi. All right. Hi, so, very large Real spider. quick. I want a virtual happy birthday song. I'm going to sing it really fast. Nice. And if you're listening to this podcast... Let's energetically sing this song. If you're in the car or in the kitchen, I want you to sing along. Ready? You don't have to sing, sweetie. It's just me. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Kathy. 
Happy birthday to you. I love you, sweetheart. I love you. Thank you very much, everybody, for that um, energy. And we're going to have um, a different podcast next week. It's actually a rerun, but we think you're really going to like it. Yes. It's called Listen, Allow, Support, Repeat, and it's one of our favorite ones we've ever done. Yep. So any other last-minute things there, sweetheart? Uh, no, just that um, we are kind of winding down to the end of summer. The reason we're doing a repeat next week is Todd will be in Idaho and then Seattle, and I'll be joining him there later. And so this is kind of the end of the summer for us. Yeah. And uh, Zen Conference speakers oh, will be so um, announced in like a week and a half. Something like that. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. It's going to be off the hook. All right, guys. Okay. Keep trucking. Thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate you. Remember, you can subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's a $25 monthly subscription where you'll get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask Kathy and I questions live. If you can't join us live, you can still access all Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page. We have a book club and get discounts on everything that we have to offer. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books. Guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? I have good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, or FaceTime. You choose. First session is free. And if you're in Chicagoland, contact me about the tribe. It's a men's group, and it's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by going through the Amazon link under Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you a thing, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Finally, I want to give special thanks to our two foundation partners, the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thank you for your love and support, and keep on trucking.